All right, uh, welcome everyone who's uh, listening in to an episode 20 Schemes Uncut. Usually it's with Mez, but unfortunately got my ugly mug today. Um, and I'm joined by a world-renowned podcaster now, <laughs> <laughs> Ian Williamson. How are you doing, bud? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good. Just out of the shower, so you're nice and clean. Yeah, I've just got a sponsorship from Just For Men, be you, Tanner, so... <laughs> <laughs> what was that what was that powder that men used to put on that's trying to rebrand itself at the moment i don't know isn't that what the what for your hair or for your beard not for your beard for your it was like the the manly thing that you your talcum powder talcum powder <laughs> <laughs> you got any of that on no not yet i've uh got veruca cream on the line <laughs> <laughs> Baruka <laughs> cream and old spice. Yeah, that's it, old spice. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> They've tried to rebrand themselves, haven't they, on the old yeah. on the old advert. So how are you doing today anyway? And you all right? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Good. Well, it's not gonna be a long podcast, but I think it's gonna be an important one. because uh, we're gonna talk a bit about blended families. Mm-hmm. Um, or I don't know what the PC term for it is these days, stat families or mixed yeah. families. Um, I don't know what they call them, but mix and um, match, <laughs> mix and match, pick and mix, <laughs> ready made. <laughs> We've already offended some people, probably. With that. <laughs> um, so, just want to start off with um, what do we mean by um, blended families? You want to just maybe give us a wee mm. definition of what you think that how you would describe that to people? Well, it's it, it's people who have have a family from past relationships marrying into uh, somebody who's either single or who has their own family from a past relationship. It's, it's a coming together of uh, two families that should never come together really biblically. There's no call for divorces there, but the reality is, uh, in this day and age, lots of people have been divorced, have had children either in or out of marriage and then separate and then find faith and then come together. And it brings some amazing blessings, but also some unusual challenges that we were never meant to face. So I think that's the, the biggest thing is how do you bring uh, two different families together that not only have to learn to become one family, but have outside interferences from one or over of the parents from that past relationship yeah so even if there's a parent involved or not it's it's just a difficult blend of it's an unnatural blend isn't it i don't think it was ever meant to be this way but god in his grace and mercy uh can bring great blessings through these unions yeah definitely and i guess when we get on to some of the blessings and some of the as you put it unique challenges but if you if we just think about even marriage Mm. You bring two sinners together. That's difficult enough, isn't it? Uh, mm. Just trying to work out a marriage and without any children involved from past relationships. Mm. That's difficult enough because you're getting used to each other. But obviously, like you said, there's unusual challenges on top of that or mm. battles that we might have to face when you're bringing other, if you want to put it, sinners into the equation as well. It's not just mm. the two sinners of the husband and wife, but you're also bringing other. Uh, like you said, past families and stuff into it. And so it definitely has unique challenges. So before we get on to those, 
you're right just saying a little bit about your story mm. um obviously you've got a blended family mm-hmm. uh, you're right sharing a little bit about um, yeah. about your story yeah well I, I was probably brought up in one as well so mm. my mum and dad separated when i was eight my dad remarried so i've got a a, a brother to my dad's uh well, I think they divorced again, but yeah. So from my dad's second marriage, I do have a brother. Uh, so that that was unusual. There was a lot of jealousy growing up because he was living with my dad and we weren't. So I felt that he had a better deal than I did because he had his mum and his dad, where I just had my mum. Uh, so that was difficult. Then my mum remarried after numerous attempts of attempts at getting married, but me and my brother chased many of them away. So <laughs> unfortunately for my mother, she had two teenage boys who were quite vocal if they weren't approving of her future husband. But she then married a lovely Christian man who became a good father to us. But uh, again, he, he loved my mum, but got two young men in the bargain as well. So it was difficult for him. So I saw firsthand growing up how hard it was to be a stepfather uh, and I kind of thought I'm never going to be that stepfather. I'd rather just have a marriage where uh, I start fresh, uh, have a honeymoon period and get to know the person and then have my own family. But that isn't what happened. Uh, I met my wife, Rachel, at church. She was uh, going through a divorce. I was uh, coming off the back of addiction. We got into a relationship and against pastoral advice got married very quickly we were advised to uh, deal with some of the baggage that we had in our lives I was advised to go to Bible college and grow my love and knowledge of Jesus before I grew my love and knowledge of Rachel but <laughs> I ignored the pastoral advice and we we had a bit of a I think we arranged a marriage in about six weeks and then I became a father overnight to a beautiful three-year-old little girl which was a massive shock to my system I, I woke up uh, getting hit over the head with jigsaws, wanting to be played with like at six o'clock in the morning and I just wanted to sleep. Uh, I'd, I'd go and wander off into town and then I'd get a phone call and Rachel had asked me, where are you, what are you doing? I'm like, well, just out. I'm a grown man. I don't need to ask for permission. <laughs> so I didn't have a, a good example of marriage, never mind of parenting. So Rachel had all these expectations of me that weren't realistic. I had a lot of expectations of Rachel uh, and my daughter, which weren't realistic. And it meant uh, a very turbulent first couple of years. So not only were we dealing with the baggage of one another, uh, but uh, my little girl's dad was still in the picture at that point. So there was a lot of conflict there and arguing. Uh, yeah, it was it was just tough. We separated several times, but through God's grace and mercy, we persevered not just in our faith, but within the marriage. And we went on to have another child and now we've been married uh, for about 16 years now but it's been a difficult journey and yeah it, it's difficult for the husband who's who's taking on a child it's difficult for the wife who has to let this husband discipline the child who she's very protective of it's difficult for the child who uh, grows up knowing that I'm not her paternal father uh, feeling uh, insecure around her her sister and feeling like the odd one out it's insecure for the other child as well who is jealous of a uh, mum's past and do you know what I mean it's just everybody within that family is is uh, impacted negatively regardless of how well the marriage is and regardless of how well the parenting is there's always that subconscious fear and insecurity on every level I think 
Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, so before we get into some of the unique challenges, mm. we've already explained a few, but it'll be good to go a bit more in depth on those. And what were the, I'd like to start with the blessings first, because obviously mm. the Lord's been gracious to you. And like you said, he gave you a, a beautiful three-year-old mm. uh, little girl uh, who you were called to care, care and protect and nurture. Mm. So yeah, why don't you share some of those blessings um, that you've had as a blended family? Yeah, it's it's been awesome to to raise a child, to be uh, loved by a child. To I, I grew up without a dad, so it was nice to be a dad. Uh, holidays become more interesting, uh, a lot more tiring, <laughs> a lot less relaxing, but more fun in other ways as well. Being able to teach and share my faith has has been something fantastic as well. Uh, yeah, it's 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 something I dreamed of being a dad my whole life. So to to then have uh, this little girl who I didn't have to change a nap before because she'd already been taught the habits. It's, it was like lazy parenting. You come in when the hard work's already been done, or so you think. The hard practical work I think has been done, but it's the spiritual and emotional yeah. uh, work that it starts begin at that age. So yeah, it's, it's been wonderful to just see her develop from a child into a teenager into a young woman. And uh, yeah, it's been an absolute blessing to be to be inputting so heavily into somebody's life. Yeah, I think as you said, touched on earlier, um, particularly maybe in a instance like your uh, your mum and stepdad, mm-hmm. um, just the work of God's grace there, where maybe children haven't had a father figure or a mother figure, mm. and then person who's become a Christian gets married or remarried and they marry a, a godly uh, or at least a, a Christian <laughs> and a woman and and then that 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 little boy or little girl or set of boys and girls or whatever the blend is mm. now has a father figure or mother figure they didn't have before mm. uh, and the pouring out of God's grace into that that family uh, as well so um, you know um, H- Hannah got a father and you also got a father in in, in your, your stepdad as well and so mm. that's that's god's grace as well and the blessings there of god putting families back together and that that been broken maybe in the past and uh, it's, it's awesome to see that in in different families and we've got plenty of those in our church and in the network network of churches that we're part of and i'm sure you've met many uh, along the way as well uh, so that's some of the blessings what some of the unique challenges that you had to face so obviously you talked about relating to maybe exes mm. being a particularly challenge you want to just maybe delve into that a little bit if you're able to yeah it's it, it, there's a jealousy there's a constant reminder that your wife or husband has a past uh, so if even if someone's been divorced and remarried without children there's not that constant reminder uh, but the child does do that, especially if the parents involve. Uh, that's difficulty. There's a jealousy of you're investing into a child, and then she's calling somebody else dad, and that that can be hard to to deal with. When you see that child as yours, uh, you're sharing that child, so it feels like your wife and your child isn't your own. It's 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 uh, something that's been shared. The impact of the stress of having to deal with the other parent. Even if even if that relationship is a good one, it's still not. It's, it's still something you'd rather wasn't there. Uh, so that impacts your relationship with your husband or your wife, and, and jealousy or anger can come through. 
But if the relationship's a bad one, you're then getting angry that somebody from outside your maritable home, maritable home, marital home, sorry, is is impacting your marriage, which for me was difficult coming from quite a violent background, wanting to deal with it in my own strength rather than allow God to deal with it and deal with it the right way. So I'm just thankful for uh, traffic lights because that has helped slow me down. <laughs> so even when the Holy Spirit hasn't been enough to convict me, uh, immediately through God's grace, uh, his timing has prevented some daft actions. But I did come out and say a lot of things that I regret, uh, which weren't godly. Uh, yeah, so, so so there's like huge stress, stress and pressure, especially if you're coming from a background where I did, where I'm already feeling insecure and rejected and feeling that I didn't have a perfect childhood to then think you're not having a perfect marriage was really tough uh, to deal with. Uh, forgetting that I wasn't responsible for my, my childhood and what happened to me as a kid, but it was all my responsibility to what's happened to me now as a father uh, and as a husband. So again, I, there was a lot of resentment towards God, thinking I, I won out. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't marriage. I, I, I'd like a fresh start. Uh, yeah, Bolton. Uh, I, I was a quitter. Uh, yeah, just so many things. We, we, we separated three, four, maybe possibly five times, and, and the fifth one almost ended up uh, permanent. I ended up going out, uh, taking drugs, getting into a huge fight and, 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 and getting fixed up with somebody, and that could have then Rachel contacted me the next day and said she wanted to 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 give it another go and then i had to go then and tell her hang on before we we make any decisions on what's happening in the future you need to know what happened last night and yeah that was tough uh, so, so yeah it's 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 some unique challenges which is tough for people going in who are men mentally stable i wasn't and, and my wife wasn't so it was like a recipe for disaster and i think so many people who enter up in uh, to relationships that we're bringing children into those relationships are often coming either from a nervous breakdown or do you know what I mean they're not mentally well when they enter into these relationships me in particular and a lot of people I've, I've counseled are desperate to be loved but don't understand it and the expectations of what marriage will be and what it should be are totally wrong and I think it's just a uh, it's like a perfect storm of <laughs> emotional baggage and uh, psychological baggage that you're bringing into an already difficult situation that so often, uh, yeah, these, these second, third relationships end up in disaster. Mm -hmm. What do you think um, were the unique challenges for Rachel then in that? Because put, put aside maybe the marital difficulties you guys had, mm. um, but what were the difficulties in terms of parenting? Um, uh, well, trust. Trust for starters. She wanted a man to be a husband and look after and protect her and discipline, uh, help raise a child, but on her terms. And when, <laughs> when she felt like it, protective. So even if I was, yeah, whatever I was doing, or if I had anything negative to say about behavior, it was always seen as a personal criticism. 
yeah uh, yeah it was just difficult on her the fact is if the marriage isn't you're coming in especially if 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 one of the partners which Rachel was a victim of somebody's uh, yeah but bad, bad she almost lost the house she almost so she wasn't very trusting so mm. she 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 didn't submit to me as a husband she she was withholding herself from giving herself fully to me out of fear and that you can't, you can't do that and hand your child over if you're not going to hand yourself over fully to your husband or your wife you're not going to hand your child over so there's always that thought of um, me leaving so she wasn't gonna have a bloke uh, upset her her child if he's only going to be around temporarily yeah there's so, so many yeah i think it's it's just a difficult thing it's just so hard you, you've got so many emotions going around your head about why uh, you don't want this other person telling your child off but the women are like lionesses protecting the cubs they'll die for them and oh. and, and and you'll know yourself even if you're not in a blended family, even if you have children only with your first wife, your wife is still protective and <laughs> not impressed when you discipline the kids. If you if you don't tell them off, you're being too soft and and uh, indulging them. If you do tell them off, you're being grumpy and too harsh. <laughs> but I think that's just compounded when 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 you you've got children from a previous relationship because you've got all these other. Uh, mental and emotional things going on in the background so it just makes what is already a difficult institution far more difficult yeah yeah i guess like anyone uh, with kids you're there's always going to be miscommunication between husband and wife in terms of what's been communicated to the kids and so you're working you're always working hard to to make sure you're on the same page or you're trying to be on the same page Mm. uh, when you're disciplining the kids or you know, advising the kids and in, in, you want to be as on the same page. And I'm guessing, obviously, when you had your, when um, you first got married and uh, your daughter was three years old, um, you know, you're just working out how to parent together. Mm. And, that, that, and that's difficult, isn't it? Mm. Um, at the best of times. And uh, yeah, I'm just imagining different scenarios where you have older kids, maybe. Mm um and um, the older kids are like you, you know let's say you try and discipline one of them they're like you're not my dad mm. you're not my mum yeah. i'm not listening to you <laughs> uh, who, who are you speaking into my life um, and i guess that can be quite difficult as well mm. um and about um and, and, and again i think that the, the difference is <clears throat> what i've always maintained and said is regardless to be fair I've never really had this issue but I have seen it and as a child I've said that you know what I mean I remember one bloke that was round with my mum getting my brother to kick him in the balls so that if he did anything back to my brother I could chin him do you know what I mean so there was that like anger not at him but this all I wanted was my home to be like everybody else's with a mum and a dad so a lot of our anger wasn't displayed towards that person because of the personality it was the situation that we were angry with mm-hmm. the emotional things that were were going on but ultimately uh, my stepfather <clears throat> 
was more of a dad, even though he didn't come into my life till I was 19, has been more of a father than my real dad has. So, and he didn't try and assume any responsibility. All he did was love my mum. That was the first thing he did and supported her children uh, financially and practically and uh, tried to advise us. He, 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 regardless of being a father, he stuck to his fatherly responsibilities, which is what I was struggling with when we were first married, because I'd constantly be hanging my hand on the table saying I'm the head of the house and you should obey me and submit to my authority. And if you don't, I'm off. And then as I read the Bible more and understand it more and got counsel more, I realized that my responsibility wasn't to get my wife to obey me or submit to my authority, but my responsibility was to submit to God and obey his authority and love my wife like Jesus loved the church. And that was the hardest bit, thinking I've got to sacrifice and put aside my desires sexually, emotionally, physically to one side. And that my main desire is to please Jesus and that is to love my wife and my daughter. And that was the biggest thing for me to comprehend. And But once I comprehended that, that is when we saw change in the marriage. Once I said to Rachel, I'm not going. If you want me out, you get a divorce. Once we're divorced, I'll go, but I'm going to be here as the head of the house, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, take it up with God. <laughs> and then once she once saw my relationship with God was serious and my responsibility to her was being taken seriously, she felt safe to submit to me. Yeah. And ultimately that submission came from her submission to God as she prayed more, she read the Bible more. Uh, when we were married, she I wasn't on the mortgage. Uh, she earned more than me. I, I, it, we lived an ungodly life practically. Mm. Yet, because she felt insecure, but the more she became secure, the more uh, she, she, she shared things with me and, and we lived a biblical life. But I think one of the biggest things was, whereas I used to say, you're not doing this, and I stopped saying that, and I started saying, look, I don't think you should do that, but you need to read your Bible and pray, and then you you decide what's right. I'm saying I don't think we should, or I think we should. Mm -hmm. You pray about it and then make your decision. And over time, she started trusting me to make godly decisions, mm -hmm. and the more she submitted, the more she realized that she had ultimate more freedom because <laughs> I, I was there to bear the responsibility if it went pear-shaped and she could just get on with life as normal and not have to worry about things. So, yeah, it, it, I think our idea of submission and, and what we saw in the world was a bad example. And when we realized we both ultimately as Christians submit to God and one another first, it's, it's a different idea of submission is different to what the world projects, isn't it? Yeah. Like you said, the communication is so key, isn't it? How we communicate things to our, our wives and wives, vice versa, to our husbands as well um, is, is important. It's, and as heads of the household, we're not dictators, are we? Yeah. The wife is a, a mat that we're, yeah. that we're stamping all over. But uh, we're, like you said, submitting to God and loving our wives as Christ loves the church. Yeah. And when we put our spouse's needs above our own and vice versa, that's how you have a godly marriage. And and can bring up the kids in the instruction discipline of the Lord, whether they're our biological kids or uh, part of the blended family that we, we now have. Uh, and, and that's one thing you, you miss, bro, because I didn't really know who Jesus was when I got married. And you don't have time to get to know each other because you got straight into a family situation, whereas generally 
even our our courting, our dating was impacted by sometimes Hannah would be around or we'd have to be back at a set. So we didn't have that time to get to know each other, to understand what we th- thought theologically, whether we were a good mix theologically. We, we, we knew about Jesus and we were growing in our love and knowledge of him through a mental marriage as well. So on every level, communication was difficult because we didn't have the time, we didn't have the energy, we didn't know who Jesus was, we didn't know who uh, one another was. And, and that's what I've seen so many couples enter into marriage as Christians like that, thinking, mm-hmm. do you know what, if I get, my biggest problem is lust and I can have sex without it being a sin. <laughs> and then you get married and you realise you have less sex <laughs> being married in a in a destructive marriage than you would do. Do you know what I mean? It's no different. Your, your sin is just revealed. You, you, you realise you have more sin than you thought, but also you have the sin of the other person to deal with as well. And, yeah, so many people I meet who dive into these relationships for a purely sexual reason rather than for thinking, how can we serve the Lord together? But the beauty is, if you submit to the Lord and, and repent, uh, then God can make something beautiful that was such a mess. And that's just the gospel, isn't it? That what he does to us individually through the gospel, he can do to us as a marriage and a family as well. Yeah, definitely. So I just wanted to, to end on uh, what advice you would give those who are currently in a blended family and it's very, very difficult maybe some of the things that you can explain are happening in their marriage or, you know, someone's about to get married mm. um, and they're taking on the responsibility of um, their future wife's kids or future husband's kids mm. or kid or, you know, how many there are. Uh, what, what, what advice counsel would you, would you give them? Mm. I think for people who are already in a relationship that are struggling, you need to, both of you need to come before the Lord and your priority needs to be Jesus. Uh, accept the fact is that regardless of what your situation now as a marriage is, that's what it is. And the only way out of it is through uh, following Jesus and being faithful to him. So first of all, how can you glorify God in your relationship with him, spending time with him? And how can you glorify God through loving your wife? Vody Boutum does a talk about uh, not loving your wife and basically there's no excuse for not loving your wife because we're called to even love our enemies so even if you're not speaking to your wife and she's not speaking to you we need to be loving them and I think that's the first thing sucking it up do you know what we've made choices that means we're not going to have a, a typical marriage but we can also make other choices by getting stuck into the Lord and being faithful to him that can redeem these mistakes that we've made and make something beautiful Mm-hmm. And for those who are thinking about uh, marriage, again, I would never advise against it, but I would advise the priority needs to be theological. How do you see uh, your marriage working? How do you see uh, the children being raised? Do you want to school them? Do you want to homeschool them? Do you want? Do you know what I mean? Or just from, from different things like that, do you want them... Uh, to play sport on a Sunday or should they be at church on a Sunday? Things that you don't even think about because you're just thinking about you two is generally what you think about. You need to really think about the family, what's best for the children, first of all, not what's best for you, uh, because ultimately uh, what's best for you is seeing your kids grow up in the faith and knowledge of Jesus. And if you're in a bad marriage, that can put people off church and Christianity like nothing I've seen before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, I think- we- 
I think what you're saying before as well was really helpful in your stepdad how he came in gently, lovingly. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to. He wasn't like um, what's in the house. Put his feet up and say, "Oh, this is my house. You kids are going to listen to me now." Because yeah. um, that puts anyone's backs up, let alone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know kids who are not used to having a father or mother around, and so. And like you said, it's important to come in gently and lovingly and, mm. and kindly. And, and like we do in any relationship, you've got to win the kids as well as the wife or win the kids as well as the husband uh, in a way. Um, so that you have that loving authority in their lives. Over, and, and stick around, I guess, is what you've been saying as well. Mm. You've got to see this as a long-term thing. You're not going to just be here for a couple of weeks. Mm. You're here for life. And um, like you said, if, if, the ch- if the kids are used to relationships coming in and out, and they might be very unstable and insecure, thinking, oh, this next person's going to leave, so well, I'm going to listen to them. Um, and so it's important, isn't it, over to, to win people over the long term and be consistent and faithful. And the blessings go on beyond our parenting. So now my stepfather is getting called granddad by three beautiful grandchildren. So the hard work he put in with two obstinate boys who give him a lot of slaver and grief, he now has the reward of, of of having the love of three beautiful girls who, mm-hmm. who care for him, do you know what I mean? So it's a it's a long-term thing. It's not just about getting these kids up and out the house so you can be alone with the mum or the dad. It's about getting them on in their faith, helping them to be uh, good parents in the future and, and having the blessings of their grandchildren in your life, mm-hmm. hopefully great-grandchildren as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. Even with his bad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially with his bad jokes. <laughs> the sad thing is now that even my kids are saying, be quiet, Dad, you sound like Grandad Alan. That means you're copying him. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's going to take, it's going to take work because any relationship takes work mm. and raising kids whatever their background takes work as well. Mm. And I think just thinking about some of our men and women who've come in, come from kind of bachelor lifestyle to hmm. getting married and, uh, and having kids immediately. It's a big, it's a, it's a bit of a shock to the system, isn't it? <laughs> um, like you said, it's a bit of a, wow, this is going from, you know, five miles per hour to <laughs> 110 miles per hour all in, all in one. That can be quite, quite hard but if you've at least acknowledging that before you get married is important i think um and having people just around you just saying this you know this is great that you get married but just watch out for these things it's going to be difficult and mm. it's not going to prepare you 100 because nothing does until you're actually married mm. um, but at least it just gives you um realistic expectations mm. which i think is key um to going into marriage raising kids but also coming into a blended family um, if your expectations are like you said everything's gonna be perfect and rosy and there's not gonna be any issues you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have a smack in the face aren't you when you get married and all these issues are in your door and so yeah expectations i think are key as well and, and again understanding that we might see a child who we haven't raised as being a pain in the backside but their father or mother who's raised that child it's the most precious thing in their life and I think I, I took for granted 
how hard it must be for a parent to hand over that responsibility. It's a privilege for me to call that child uh, my son or daughter, uh, but I just expected Rachel to come alongside me and just for it to be natural. It's not natural. It's not a natural thing to allow us, well, he's not a stranger, but somebody new to come in the house and take over that role as father or mother. It is, um, I don't even let, like Pete, I've had people who take my dog for a walk, never mind who's going to raise my kids. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's only now that I understand how hard it must have been for Rachel to allow me into her daughter's life. It is so much trust has been put into me to, to do a good job with the most precious thing in her life. And we have to earn that trust as, as men or women who are coming into a blended family that I think we're so often consumed with us. And, and what we deserve and what we require from that relationship that we forget what's required from us and, and what we need to be doing and the privilege it is to be brought into somebody else's family because for me, I couldn't imagine allowing another woman come in and, and be responsible for the lives of my children, for them to be taught and educated and, 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 and bringing up them spiritually. For me, that is like they'd be interviewed and CIA, CIA checks and stuff like that. Surveillance <laughs> up all over the place. I don't think I could trust another woman to come in and, and love my children like my wife does. So, yeah, it is, it's a huge responsibility that we're taking on uh, coming in as a, as a, as a step-parent. Yeah. And we need to respect the parents who allow us to do that yeah. and give them a bit of leeway and show some understanding. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. Yeah battles and struggles on on either side of, of the relationship. Mm. And like you said, what's amazing as, as we wrap up is just the power of the gospel to unite families mm. and to restore what, what has been broken in the past. Mm. Um, and we think, oh, it's my little son coming in. <laughs> well, Debbie's I, gone out and get a... <laughs> Well, that's the, that's the thing. The gospel creates the largest blended family ever known. The church is the manifold wisdom of God where he unites Jew and Gentile. It is a blended church of blended people. And God's the ultimate stepfather, isn't he? He's the father to the fatherless. And I think our blended families can, when we submit to the Lord, when we have the gospel at the centre of it, is an awesome image of the church to come. Uh, a huge blended family with Jesus at the centre. Yeah. Like you said, as we end, Jesus had a stepdad in yeah. Joseph, <laughs> a mad family that didn't understand him. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses as well. Mm. Uh, knows what it's like to be up in a step family in a way. Um, and so he can give us grace and mercy for our struggles and our battles. And like you said, the amazing thing about the church is all sorts of people coming together and united in the gospel and, and the love of Jesus. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on, Ian, and sharing some of your story with us. That's going to be really helpful, I think, for people listening in, um, and particularly from the schemes and council states where we know lots of this is going on, and there's lots of battles out there. So I appreciate you sharing with us, and hopefully Rachel won't hit you when she hears all you've said. <laughs> and I didn't shed a tear, so praise the Lord for that. <laughs> Shower must have uh, washed them all away. Yeah. <laughs>